Jesus, only Savior, sanctify us forever. May we say beautiful words, wonderful words. May they be words of life. I love the little saying that says, I've often regretted my speech, seldom my silence. It kind of encourages me all the time to, to know what I should say or I shouldn't say. And so may that, may that resonate in our hearts and in our, in our minds today. At this time, children, you are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. As they head down to Children's Chapel, listen very closely, Pay It Forward is a movie about a seventh grader's ingenious plan to make a difference in the world. On the first day of school, Trevor McKinney and his classmates are challenged by their social studies teacher, Mr. Simone, which is played by Kevin Spacey, to change the world. Written on the blackboard, the, challenges, the challenge reads, Think of an idea to change our world and put it in to action. While most children disinterestedly slouch in their desks, Trevor is mesmerized by the possibility of changing the world. As Trevor rides his dirt bike back to the modest home in which he and his struggling alcoholic mom live, he detours to a place where the homeless gather. An unkept, unshaven man devouring a chocolate cookie catches Trevor's eye. Motivated by his teacher's challenge, Trevor invites the man to come and sleep in his garage. Trevor's mother, played by Helen Hunt, is unaware of this arrangement until she awakens one evening to find the homeless man working on her broken pickup truck. Holding the man at gunpoint, she asks him to explain himself. He starts the truck to show her that he has successfully repaired it and tells her about her son Trevor's kindness. He says, somebody comes along like your son and gives me a leg up. I'll take it. I can't mess up again or I'll be dead. I'm just paying it forward. I'm just doing an act of random kindness. Quizzically, Trevor's mom asks, what is paying it forward? The next day, Trevor explains to his class his amazing plan of paying it forward. Mr. Simone and Trevor's classmates are enthralled by Trevor's idea. To explain his plan, he draws a circle and explains, that's me. And you could see it up there on uh, the TV. Underneath it, he draws three other circles saying, that's three other people. I'm going to help them, but it has to be something really big. Something they can't do for themselves. So I did it for them. And they do it for three people. That's nine people. And nine lives turn into 27 as the movie proceeds, paying it forward changes the lives of the rich, the poor, the homeless, and a prisoner. The Bible emphatically teaches that we're, in a very real sense, pay life forward through sowing and through reaping. Today we kicked off a month where we, we know all about sowing and reaping, where we engage and an act of kindness through Operation Christmas Child. Watch closely as we learn, Give, and it shall be given unto you.
This is your assignment. Extra credit, it goes on all year long. Now, wait a minute. What? What? What's wrong with this? What's the matter? Yes? It's like so... So what? There must be a word to finish that sentence. Someone help her? Weird. Crazy. Weird. Crazy. Hard. Bummer. Bummer. Hard. How about possible? It's possible. The realm of possibility exists where? In each of you. So you can do it. That's me. And that's three people. And I'm going to help them. But it has to be something really big. Something they can't do by themselves. So I do it for them. Then they do it for three other people. That's nine. And I do three more. That's 27, so I'm not really good at math, but it gets big really fast, you know? articulation, please? Yes. I think it's a good idea. Sean? It's stupid. Adam? It's the honor system. People blow off the honor system. So what? Just because you do. Well, Trevor, the class seems to think that you've come up with an overly utopian idea. Look that word up in a minute. Like a perfect world? Mm-hmm. So? To make a difference of giving, you must start practicing giving. And until you realize what giving is truly all about, you'll never be able to see what it's like to reap the benefits. I love that the Bible fully supports the idea and that God blesses those who bless others. I love what it says in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 through 3. It says, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Jesus taught that life is reciprocal and that we receive what we have given to others. If you would please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6 verses 27. Luke chapter 6 verses 27 through 38. As I go to the Lord in prayer. Our precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for this great time, Lord, of sowing and reaping and paying it forward and realizing that an act of random kindness, Lord, makes a difference not just in the individual's life but in our lives. And Father, we're grateful for opportunities that you give us in our daily life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I do want to say a thank you to Daniel, to Luke for covering while we were stuck in Mexico. 
And I appreciate you covering and preaching a wonderful message on Paul. And I do appreciate that. Thank you so much, and Luke, for covering the music. And for everybody stepping in the gap uh, during that time. We were planning on being home, but um, our flights got delayed. Matter of fact, we ended up getting to Philadelphia and then renting a car and heading home after we headed, uh, got to Philadelphia. So, but we're, we're back. And uh, as Bruce and Doris were with us, or we were with them as well, they are now in New York City helping all those with the hurricane. So she's been texting us, and Bruce was able to give a devotion this morning. And I hope and pray that as they pay it forward, that uh, they'll be able to be ministered to, and they'll learn and realize um, sometimes what the hardship is that the people face. And I know that we, stepping outside of our comfort zone and our element helps all of us to come to a place where we then realize, you know what, it really is more blessed to give than to receive. So let's read together. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. But I say unto you, which here love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. Wow. Isn't that amazing? How many people have been used by somebody? Go ahead, just say it. We're all human beings. We all have been. The Bible says, pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away the goods, ask them not again. As you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. The word thank which means what credit have ye? And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what credit have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be... Give... And it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over shall men give to your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. I love that. Every time I see that verse, I always think, you know, of shake and bake. Given it shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I always think of, you know... Give, and you, you take the Ziploc bag, you open up, put the shake and bake in there, put the chicken in there, shake it around, seal it all up. And after it's all done, you take it out, and you have this beautiful decorated piece of chicken or pork chop or whatever else. But I always think that, you know what, given it shall be given, and you press down, shaking together, running over, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happens in an oven, but we did it this week, and it was just scrumps delicious. I just loved it had those pieces of chicken. My wife fried them, and then we put them in the oven and baked them. And, <sighs> my stomach's been growling up here. I don't know, since this morning, I had to get my donuts. So talking about food is just really uh, distracting me. 
But I've got to tell you, what happens after you take that chicken out? It locked in the flavor, right? Then all of a sudden you take a bite in it and it is just delicious. That's what giving's about. It's delicious. I have to say, every time I give, I just think, how awesome is it? And to think that God is going to be able to come back and give me some shake and bake. That's exciting for me. And to think that, you know what? We're to give to people we don't even like. How about this year, as we kick in to giving, do something that makes you so uncomfortable, you'll be like, why in the world am I doing this? Well, that's the question you should be asking. Because if we just read in the Scriptures, love your enemies and do good to them that do evil to you. Teach them the value of giving. It's amazing when somebody offers a kind word. Or somebody says something, how it just really kind of it motivates us to do good to other people. Once you start giving, you'll not, you'll, I'm going to tell you this, you won't want to stop. Remember as a young man, and I'll just throw this in here. This wasn't part of my message, but I will anyhow. Tithing. You know, when you're young and you're making $5.50 an hour, and today minimum wage is seven something. But I thought, how in the world am I going to tithe on $6 an hour? It's going to be impossible for me. And I'll never forget me praying. And God gave me this figure, and I started tithing on that. And God started blessing. I thought, ooh, i got to give more. And he started blessing more. He gave more. And, and I love what a lady in our church says. I won't tell you who it is, but because it's kind of an oxymoron. She goes, giving to the Lord is better than gambling. She said, God always blesses us abundantly. Because it's true. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves when you give. And my wife and I, we can, we can keep going and going and going. We could tell you story after story after story about what giving's about and how God has blessed us abundantly. Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Salvation is not meritorious. It is an act of grace without merit, but we must realize that our works do have merit. Here, there seems to be the idea that you will be given credit for what you do, as we just read in in John chapter 6. But the surety of payday is stated even more clearly when Jesus says, Give, and it will be given to you. He doesn't say given, and it will be given back. But don't lose sight of what I'm saying. You're not supposed to give because you're going to go, Yeah, I'm going to be getting some shake and bake after this. That's not why we give. We give because it's the right thing to do. You guys will never have chicken the same way again, will you? The reality is, we've got to make sure that when we give, it's out of the right heart and the right spirit. But the surety of payday is stated even more clearly when Jesus says, Give, and it will be given with good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This promise is not limited to finances. It embraces our relationship with others also. Paul refers to that as reaping and sowing. And Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 through 10 says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary 
In doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up or lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to them who belong to the household of faith. Paul mentions the financial rewards of sowing and reaping. Please turn with me, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. You're going, Pastor, what text? Chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. I could just call this a stewardship message. How much are you giving? Think this through. Will we ever be able to build a building? As I said last week, the blueprints came in. All things are looking great with the bank. But can we build a building if we're never giving? Oh, really, Pastor, you're going to go there with me? Well, really, I am. Okay, I'll let you talk. Let me explain something. I'm not talking just monetarily. What have you been given? I always tell everybody the three T's, time, tithe, and talent. Have you been given? Wow, you should. God can't build a church. A church... If we're not laboring out of love for Him. He can't build a church if we're not doing anything. If we're sitting around acting as if it's everybody else's problem to go soul winning. If it's everybody else's problem to tell somebody about Christ and to to do something great. It's our responsibility to get out and to do something. That thing started moving back there. Kind of startled me just for a minute. Did you guys see that? hear that? Better not fall on me, because the chairs are there to protect me. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 11. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap with blessings. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a... A cheerful giver, a joyful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now, let me stop just for a minute here. God loves a, a joyful giver. I, I'll tell you something. I don't want, I, I didn't accept God's calling so that we could sit back and let everybody else do the work. I cannot wait until God takes these walls. This is what the architect says. He wants to take these walls and that will go right into our community center. And when this church is overflowing because we've done our part, instead of sleeping, we've labored for the cause of Christ, those walls can be opened up and people can be sitting in that area. Do you understand this church is doing more than some of the ministries I've ever been in my life? Reaching the Nepali Fellowship just does something for me and motivates me in a way I can't begin to tell you. They love America. How would you like to live in a refugee camp for 20 years without no running water or no electricity? And how about live in an area that's about as big as this platform and you soon come to find out you start to appreciate all that God is doing. Listen, America. This week is important. We're going to be voting. 
But we're so sick and tired of the commercials, sick and tired of the 752 brochures that we get in the mail, that our focus just gets so distracted and turned around that we forget what is our calling to make a difference for Jesus Christ. To sow seeds. By a word of amen, do you believe that we're a selfish people? We are so selfish. I know it was difficult for some to figure out what tie we're going to wear today, what shoes were going to match the suit that I had on, and should I wear a black shirt or a blue shirt to match the blue of my tie. And some ladies had to figure out if the, the earrings and the, and the shoes matched with the purse and the coat. Isn't amazing? Wow. Listen, if you don't pray for your country, don't think for one minute their judgment will not rain down upon us. This week, before you go to those polls, you pray and seek God's guidance as you vote. And pray for this country because we need God's help. And it's no longer one nation under Obama or Romney. It is one nation under God. Back to the message. He has scattered his gifts abroad to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We must sow seeds. When we were in Mexico, and I won't spend a lot of time, but Luke, if you'll go ahead and show a picture. We were down in Mexico. We were on the island of Isla Mujeres, which was a wonderful island. And uh, i got to say that Cancun is one of the prettiest places on this planet that I've ever experienced so far. And I love Cancun. i got to tell you again, I love Cancun. And this island is about six miles long, and I think it's a mile and a half wide. It is uh, a, a culture of people, of Mexicans, that make $5 a day and about $145 a month. As we were traveling through, we had hit a couple slides. You can see some of the areas that we were in were poverty-stricken. People were living. There's somebody living in the bottom of that as well as at the upper half. On the right side, left side, there is no washer. There is no dryer. Every place you go to, there was actually people hanging their clothes out to dry. Folks, this is 2012. I was just there two weeks ago. This is happening across our great nation. Go ahead, continue. So as we were there, we had the great opportunity of, of praying. And I said, dear Lord, please give us opportunity to be able to meet a pastor. And so we're able to stop at Iglesia Dell, a Christian church, and, and meet the pastor, Pastor Army, that's there. And uh, the lady was standing outside there, and please forgive me for my dress attire, but it was 100 degrees out. And so I was able to speak to this lovely lady that was uh, actually there, and she did not even know how to speak, not even hello in English. But the great opportunity was that we were able to uh, meet her. She was able to open up the building as we were able to see what this ministry has done. The, the ministry actually started um, here in on the island just several years ago with two people. Now they're up to 67 people. 
Go ahead. So as there are 67 people, this is the pastor that's there. As I was speaking to her, she was able to tell me that in trace momento, in three minutes, the pastor will be there. So she was able to get on the telephono, call him, and ask, you know, could you please come down? While we were there, we were able to pray with this gentleman, and I was able to lay hands upon him. But listen, but pastor, weren't you on vacation? There's never a vacation. Every vacation is an opportunity to minister. Every vacation is an opportunity to to be able to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and to do his work. So as we continued, as we were there, we were able to pray with him, pray with, uh, you know, the lady that was there as well. This was her home. She says, uh, Mikasa tu casa. Her house isn't behind it. That building right there, where we were actually at in their church building is $260 a month. $260 a month. How difficult is it for them to pay rent when their salary is $140 a month? While we were there, we were able to bless him with some money. What was amazing as Bruce and Doris gave them a $20 bill in American money, and we did. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to, to share this with you. As we handed that $40 to that man, he took that money, and as he looked at us, and is that the last one? You go ahead. And as uh, we were there, I'll tell you what ended up happening. He almost, he couldn't even speak. He he got all choked up. Because here's what he said. You are an answer to my prayers. You were sent by God. You are a miracle. Now stop for just a minute. Yeah, and he said just that morning... I got on my knees and said, God, provide a miracle. And this is what I was praying for. You see, that little guy was running around, so I stopped and got a picture with him and enjoyed the time that I had on that island. God's really given me a burden for the people on the island of Islam Islamahedis because it's witchcraft, witch doctors, Catholicism, And the only Christian church that's on that island is that. Wouldn't it be great to get a New Hope Christian Fellowship down there? Be able to do something? I know God's going to work everything out for His glory. I'm going back there. Matter of fact, I'm going to be, you know, the pastor and I have spoke since then, and we're planning on going back down. But what did it feel like for us as we jumped back in that beautiful, air-conditioned golf cart? And started cruising back down through that village. It did something to me. And if I had 500 to to $1,000 just to be able to hand that man and say, this is just a little bit of money to Americans. But it sure was a lot to him because he had needs that needed taken care of. And God uses us as long as we're willing. As long as we're willing to go do his work, God will use us. Who are we blessing? Paying it forward requires faith in God. Let me get through this. Hebrews 11, 4 says, By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Here the writer of Hebrews goes back to the very first description of worship in the Bible. That of Cain and Abel, it says that Abel's offering was better for him. Love what it says in Genesis 4, 3-5. It says, So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. And Abel on his part, also brought in the first thing of his flock. 
and of the fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain, for his offering, he had no regard. What do we learn from the story? Here's what God told both Cain and Abel. He said, bring of your first fruits. He said, bring the best of what you got. Do you know what ends up happening? We don't give God the best of what we got. We go through our closet and go, yeah, that might work. Um, that might work. I think, I don't wear this, but seven times a year. I wear this too, so they'll get this. Well, this is probably warmer, and where it's going, I probably should give that coat. What happened with Cain and Abel? Abel said, okay, I'm going to give of the first fruits. I'm going to give that burnt offering, that cattle, the, the food. He went and provided it and laid it before God as a sacrifice. Then there's Cain who said, let me think, um, I think I'm going to go through my vineyard, all the fruit that I got, that looks like a good piece here, and I think I'll take a little, well, I might eat that for dinner, so I think I'll place that and put it over here. Yeah, um, yep, that looks like, okay, this is, this is good. Um, oh, well, wait a minute, I might have that tomorrow for dinner. I'll take that and stick it over here. And that's what I'm going to lay before God. You guys know the story, what happened? God was not pleased with Cain at all. You see, here's where we miss the story. When we give, are we giving because we want something in return? Or are we giving because it's the right thing to do? You know, when we even tithe, what ends up happening? We say, well, God, I'm just going to go ahead and... um, Go dig through my pockets and go up to my dresser, grab the extra change that I got. This is what you deserve. But on Sunday morning, I'm coming down and I'm going to pray and, and kneel at the great altar of miracles, of healing, and of power. And Lord, I know I just gave you my little bit of change, but I'm asking for a big, huge golden calf. What ends up happening is we lose our perspective in life. We do. We lose our perspective. God's asking you, just as he did with Cain and Abel, have faith. That's the rest of the story with Cain and Abel. Abel had faith. He said, I don't care. God's going to provide everything for me. That's what's so cool. I don't care. Could you imagine? Okay, I could put this out there. We have 30 families that come to this church, okay, 150 people. If I asked you, this year, before we start the building project, I'm going to pray and ask for each one of you to give $1,000 to the building fund, because the building fund is going to be three hundred dollars to $400,000. Oh, here, yeah, right. What do, you, what do you think I'm going to get it, Pastor? Really think I got it? Well, I didn't ask you if you had it. I asked if you'd give it. Now, the question is, as my wife and I flew on those beautiful planes down to to Cancun and we flew back and we watched all of these people all over. I mean, you can go down through Cancun. And as I told Bruce and Doris, he said, isn't it interesting how so many people don't have money? They're broke, but they're never broke when it comes to entertainment. They're never broke when it comes to, you know, being able to be out there by the big blue water. They've got all kinds of money. But we sit on our wallets and then we ask the question, Why, God? 
why aren't things going well for me? Well, because you're never going to get any shake and bake unless you start giving. I'm serious. Probably because I love chicken. I just had to add that in that message today. And this message just is not talking about giving monetarily. It's talking about giving all you have. What about if you went to God the Father? He says, I'm going to give you me. This is the best I've got, and I'm not turning back. That's it. I surrender. I'm getting to the end of myself, getting to the beginning of God. That's it. Total surrender. I'm giving it all to you. Well, that's when I think sometimes we lose faith. And I know that with Cain and Abel, they understood what the first fruits were. They gave the first things of the flock. There is a risk, but here's what's great. The risk comes with great reward. Florence Nightingale said, if I could give you information of my life, it would be to show how a woman of very ordinary ability has been led by God in strange and unaccustomed paths to do in His service what He has done in me. And if I could tell you all, you would see how God has done all and I nothing. I have worked hard, very hard, that is all. And I have never refused God anything. That came from Christianity today. Receiving mercy depends upon us showing mercy. Matthew 5, 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain or be shown mercy. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. James chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. Paying it forward. A random act of kindness. Isn't it amazing? One person who touches three that can touch nine lives. Man, I loved what Woody said on that Operation Christmas Child. Scotty, whatever his name is. I get so touched and moved every time I hear it. Here's what he said. When one child receives my box, I know that they've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean they'll accept him that day, but that means that their life can be changed because of the message that was shared. And someday, I'll be in heaven and know that what I did made a difference. That's true giving. That's making a difference in the lives of of people. Do you think for one minute, some people can say, well, I'm not real crazy about the Nepali Fellowship being here. Well, I haven't seen you here clean up after them. Do you know as soon as those men sat over there in that overflow section, I knew God spoke to me immediately and said, let these men use this building. Let these families, these women, and I'm so grateful that I, souls have been saved. Ganka, his brother was shot here in Akron. Do you know that his brother has come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you know New Hope was instrumental in that? See, he could have his life could be over. But God has given him life. And now maybe he'll be able to share a story of hope, of faith someday to some of his people. This was known as Little Italy. A lot of Italians came from North Hill. 
And I believe it's going to become little Nepali or Burmese or Bhutan. It's because we have a work to do. And someday they will say, remember that church up on the hill? I went there. That's where I came to know Jesus. Because that church gave. Isn't that awesome? As we conclude, man told of his experience on the airplane flight as the plane loaded up, a woman with two small children came down the aisle to take the seat right in front of us. And behind her, another woman, the two women took the A and C seats and one of the children sat in the middle seat. The second child was on the lap of the one woman. I figured these were two mothers traveling together with their kids and I hoped the kids wouldn't be noisy. We've all been there. The flight started and my prayer wasn't answered. The two children had a tough time. The air was turbulent. The children cried a lot. Their ears, their ears hurt. And it was a miserable flight. I watched as these two women kept trying to help and comfort these children. The woman at the window played with the child in the middle seat, trying to make her feel good and paying, lot, paying lots of attention to her. I thought, these women get a medal for what they are doing. But things went downhill from there. As we got towards the last part of the flight... The child in the middle seat got sick. The next thing I knew, she was losing everything from every part of her body. The diaper wasn't on tight, and before long, a stench began to rise through the cabin. It was unbearable. I think that happened to me with the guy in front of me on that airplane just saying. I could see over the top of the seat that indescribable stuff was all over everything. It was on this woman's clothes. It was all over her seat. It was on the floor. It was one of the most repugnant things I had ever seen in a long time. I watched as the woman next to the window patiently comfort the child and tried her best to clean up the mess and make something out of a bad situation. The plane landed, and when we pulled up to the gate, all of us were ready to exit that plane as fast as we could. The flight attendant came up with paper towels and handed them to the woman in the window seat, and here's what she said. Here, ma'am. These are for your little girl. The woman said, This isn't my little girl. Aren't you traveling together? No, ma'am. I've never met this woman and these children before in my life. Suddenly I realized this woman had just been merciful. A lot of us would just have died in this circumstance. She'd found the opportunity to give mercy. She was, in the words of Christ, the person who was the neighbor. The person that was there to show love and kindness. People in our culture take notice when we care for the needs of others. We can prove our faith by our commitment to it and in no other way. Any belief that does not command the one who holds it is not a real belief. It is only a pseudo-belief. It might shock some of us profoundly if we were suddenly brought face to face with our beliefs and forced to test them in the fires of practical Living. And I'll read this as I close. The best preparation you can make for the future is to start paving a smooth road into the future by paying for it in advance. Folks, I didn't have to have any notes this morning. I could have just stood up here and talked about giving. Church, come awake. Church, come alive. Church, quit sitting on your pockets. Church, Get your sneakers on and start running. Because when we stand face to face before Almighty God, and He says, why should I let you into my kingdom? 
what will be your answer? How will you be able to answer? Yes, Father, I've come to know you as Lord and Savior. Today, I'm born again. Today, Father God, I know. No, wait a minute. What about if God says, but tell me why? What, what did you do for me? What kind of difference did you make in the life of people? I received a phone call last evening and as I was sitting in the front row of this church. Left here about 8.30. And I looked at the phone and I debated. I haven't been home all day. It's been a long day. My wife and I had already been at the church for about three and a half hours, three hours, and wanted to just say, <sighs> but then I opened up the voicemail, and I heard a man weeping, and I heard a man crying, and said to me, all the way from out west, Pastor, would you pray for me? I have a deep, deep burden. And it was right then that the Holy Spirit started to convict me. And I picked up my phone and I sat down and I spent an hour and a half on the phone with this gentleman who's in the ministry, who's laboring hard for the cause of Christ, who doesn't know where to turn or what direction to go. And let me explain what happened to me. I became filled with the Holy Spirit and I felt God start to give me words of wisdom that I thought, where did that come from? Why? Because He knew at the end of my day, I was tired. And He said, you know what? I told that young man to call you. And you called him back. How bizarre was it that I was walking out the back doors and I picked up my phone I'm like oh voicemail then I listened to it and as I listened to it my heart became heavy but when I finished the phone call with prayer I was able to say I love you and when I hung up that phone it was right then that I realized it is more blessed to give than to receive. Because it was right then that I realized, thank you, Father. In the end of my day, the tiredness of that moment, I was able to minister and help this young man face adversity today. Why? Because I got to brag up my God and tell him, there's no worries. God is in control. For the same reason, listen church, as we kick off this month of November, it's not just a harvest month. It's a month of giving. It's a month of stopping and embracing people and bringing them back to a relationship with Jesus Christ. When I sat next to that pastor in Mexico, and I prayed over him. Do you know what it was like to stop when we could have been playing all day? But something came over me and we were so encouraged that we were able to bless a man's life. Who's behind you at the grocery store? Who's behind you at Wendy's? 
Who's behind you at McDonald's? Who's ahead of you at the store? Who's over by the gas pump debating on if they have $5 to put gas in their vehicle to get them where they're going? God placed you right there. He prepositioned you because He knew you were going to be the woman or the man that's going to be able to offer a helping hand. This month, I want you to think about one thing. Shake and bake. God wants to bless you. Will you bless others? Let's all stand as we go to Him in prayer. Our precious Heavenly Father, we come to You and we're grateful that, Lord, today we can realize the great principles of paying it forward. You know what it's like and You know the, sometimes the difficulties that we have, Lord, to, to reach down deep and, uh, and to pull out our last $2 or our last $5 or... Father, to to say, you know, I'm running behind. I just can't help this individual. But Father, today, bring opportunity our way. Bring where we can come to a place and, and, and just help one person. That person can help two more people. And let's start, a, a, I would say, an energy and an enthusiasm to just crack people this Christmas season. Do a random act of kindness to let them know that somebody somewhere in some church, even here at New Hope Akron, that God loves them and cares for them. Father, this season I come before you, even right now, in the midst of this congregation as they hear this prayer, there are some that have backslid. There are some that have turned their heart away from you that are in this congregation. Father, today... I just plead and I beg with you to bring them back to church this Christmas season. Father, that we'll be a church that will bring hope to a lost and dying world. And then, Father, help us as we continue to give. Lord, realize that all blessings come from you. Lord, help us not to get so busy that we forget who we are and whose we are. For, Father, we're yours. Lord, minister to us even as we walk out of this building throughout the course of the week. Father, do your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a a hymn that I love.